Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the podcast about jujitsu and so much more. I'm Jen Eads, a one-stripe blue belt, still catching my breath, as always, when we record right after class. <laughs> and I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, obsessed with jiu-jitsu. And today we are answering listener questions and topic suggestions. So thanks, friends, for sending those in. I know. We love when you guys do that. And it's given us quite a few questions to answer. We're going to focus on three today. Yeah. What's the first question? The first question is, what happens when a training partner breaks your trust? Ooh. Yeah. So kind of the thought process on this is, you know, someone you train with on a regular basis, maybe your main training partner, maybe just somebody that you often roll with or something like that. And they did something too hard. Like maybe they went for an arm bar too fast, too hard, and you got hurt. Or, you know, they were sloppy and they kicked you in the face or something, you know, like, so, Which I have done. For sure. We've all so been there. <laughs> I mean, you're rocking a little bit of a black eye right now from oh, I somebody. Am. I don't even know how I got it. <laughs> so no trust was broken because you no don't trust know who was did broken. it. <laughs> Just my own. Like, maybe I should be a little more aware of what's happening if I'm leaving class with black eyes. I should probably know what happened. You probably know how that happened. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, this can be a lot of different ways. One, it can be and probably should be a conversation. Mm -hmm. So just saying, you know, for example, I had a training partner that was doing these like really fast pop arm bars. It's the best way I can put it. The, The way to describe it best is basically he was just quickly hand pushing my elbow. Ew. Now, it hurts it can actually injure, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm hyperextending it. Yeah. But because it's just this like pop motion, mm-hmm. um, there's no time to tap. Yeah. So it's not really an arm bar that I would tap from. It's just one that I would get hurt from. Yeah. And, you know, he was kind of like, you know, that's the only way I'm kind of getting people, whatever. But you're not because I'm not, I'm not able to tap. Right. Mostly you're just kind of making me mad. <laughs> right. Um. But so that was a conversation, you know, like, Hey man, like maybe not, maybe don't do that. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're not giving me the opportunity to tap. That's not really much different than like punching me in the face and being like, well, I got you with it. Right. Like, (laughs) um, this was a conversation and it was hard for him at first. Mm -hmm. Like it was uncomfortable. He was upset. He was upset because one, he thought like he was doing something Mm -hmm. worthwhile, I guess. Um, and two, because he doesn't want to hurt his training partners. Right. Yeah. But had I not had that conversation with him, he would have continued to do that to multiple people and potentially injured people, potentially taking them off the map. Mm -hmm. So one, if you can have the conversation with them, you know, like just talk to him. Hey, that arm bar was too fast. Like, you know, I wasn't protecting myself or, you know, like, you know, my elbows already hurt on that side. I asked you not to attack it and you did. And it hurt. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. um, so a conversation, if you can, if you're not comfortable with a conversation, maybe it's going to your coach and asking them how to have the conversation or if they would bring it up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the coach can just bring it up to the class as a whole, just kind of like, Hey guys, be careful when we're doing this, you know, like make sure to respect each other's um, injuries and like not attack them. I always tell my students like first say, Hey, you know, stay away from this elbow or whatever it's injured 
but it's really hard while rolling to keep that in mind, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. left arm, right arm, you know, which one is yeah. it? Um, so if they go to attack it, remind them in the middle of the roll. And then the third time I slap bump and I'm like, I'm done with this round. Mm-hmm. So letting people know it's okay to end the round in the middle of the round if somebody is not, you know, obeying your boundaries, basically. Right. Do you have any other thoughts of like what to do if a training partner breaks your trust? I think in the past, I've kind of felt like if that has happened, like, oh, what did I do wrong? Like, did I not set my boundaries clearly? So I will typically try to beat myself up first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trauma. Um, (laughs) You know, which is a good time and usually not helpful. But the other thing, too, is if I feel like I can't trust them or they've done something to kind of like just plant that little seed of doubt, I'm like, hmm, they don't get to train with me. Yeah. Like, not that I'm some great role, but But I mean, it's... No is always an acceptable answer. Yeah. And a full sentence, right? Yes. (laughs) You don't have to explain why. Yeah. If you, you know, if you're just like, hey, no, I'm not not rolling with you this round or whatever. Now, obviously, that can be hard, especially if it's somebody you've trained with a lot. Right. You know, you don't want to hurt feelings or whatever. Um, But just, you know, like, no, I'm going to take this round off. And then maybe once they start recognizing, because sometimes that happens. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes people will come up and be like, I've noticed every time I ask you to roll, you say no. Yeah. Is there a reason? Yeah. And then that's the door open to go back for that conversation. You know, like, well, you know, last time we rolled, you kind of hurt me. And I just haven't really gotten that trust back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it boils down to a conversation most. Yes. Um, if you aren't willing to have a conversation, I guess you just tell them no, that you don't want to train with them or don't want to roll with them. It just sucks. It does. It really does. And you know, like the thing is accidents happen too, you know, like, oh, totally. you know, maybe here's the thing too. Like if it's one time, right. You can just be like, well, yeah, they probably yeah. didn't mean to. Yeah. If it's something happening repeatedly, right. you either need to have a conversation with them or your coach in order for you to both to progress, you know, like for you both to move on from it. Mm-hmm. I've been known to hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> My nine peacekeeper holds a grudge. <laughs> I actually think that's a very nine. <laughs> I don't know any nines that don't hold a grudge. <laughs> They're like, you're disrupting my peace. And so I'm going to hold a grudge. Yes. No, I'm mad at you for that. I'm I'm not going to talk to you or tell you why, because I'm going to maintain the peace, but I'm going to continue to hold this grudge for a little bit. Yep. You're just dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Which I think this also kind of leads into another question that we had uh, from one of our listeners that was, what happens when you feel like you've got a target on your back? Like maybe people are just gunning for you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I had a listener message me a couple months back and we had this full conversation where she was like, I feel like I have a target on my back. You know, like, what do I do? You know, like, I'm sure it's not true. I'm sure. And I was like, you absolutely have a target on your back. <laughs> like, you so like do. how do you know when you've got the target versus like, do I? Like, you're just kind of in that questioning phase. Yeah. Often you get a target on your back when you get a new belt. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you go to a new gym, yeah. whether it's cross training or because I think that was the conversation I was having with her a couple months ago. It was a cross training mm. thing. Yeah. Or if you're just kind of really good, you know, like if you're one yeah. of the top dogs in the gym, people are going to come after you. 
that's just how it is, <laughs> right? So what I basically told her was, yes, you absolutely have a target on your back. You have to decide how you handle that, mm-hmm. okay? You have to be able to go into the round knowing, am I gonna try and put it on this person? Because if I don't, they're going to murder me. Mm-hmm. Or am I just going to play defense the whole time and kind of let them you know, try to murder me and wear themselves out? Like You just have to go in with the mindset for each and every round, knowing what you want and what you're going to do, and just accept, absolutely, I'm a brand new blue belt, these white belts are gonna come after me. You know, like I'm a brand new purple, whatever, like white and blues, they're gonna come after me. They're gonna give me everything they have because in a lot of places, especially, like it just feels like some sort of challenge. You know, like there is this dynamic of instead of celebrating each other, it's like competition. Now, obviously I don't condone that, mm-hmm. but it's it's how it is. You know, yeah. like, as a black belt, I have to know everywhere I go and train, everybody's looking to beat me. You know, they want to be like, oh, I was able to sweep her. Oh, I was able to get her at this submission or whatever, you know, like. And so I have to accept whether I'm going to go out and just murder people or whether I'm going to be like, it's fine if they go tell all their friends they swept me. Like, mm-hmm. it does not matter. That does not change my jujitsu in any way, shape or form. It's okay to get swept. It's okay to get tapped. But I have to be able to have that mentality going in, knowing like, if I don't win every round, probably somebody's going to go home and talk about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I never feel like I have a target on my back, so. <laughs> I like, feel good about it. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, nobody cares about beating up the 50-year-old or the 51-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> like, All right, great job. Nice yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> I tapped a golden girl. Here's the thing, though. I mean, I'm in my 40s, and, you know, like, uh, a good example is, like, we had – a like 20 some year old guy in here a couple weeks ago. And I knew I had to put it on him because if I didn't, then, you know, like he's going to be like this ladies, this old ladies teaching (laughs) class, you know, like, so I was like, all right, come on, bro, let's go. You know, like I got to step it up a little bit so that he's like, okay, all right, maybe I can learn something from this old lady. (laughs) That's what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think feeling like you have a target on your back, you probably do. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, and I feel like it's just kind of a, I don't know, a spidey sense yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's all right to have a target on your back. Step up to the challenge or accept that people are going to come after you. Yeah. There, there you have <laughs> that it, That easy, guys. Done. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just take everything we've said and just immediately go put it into practice. <laughs> That's what I do after every time we record an episode. Yes, yes. So Never. ingrained. <laughs> It'll get there. It will. It will. Uh, we had another question from one of our male listeners, which is very exciting. I love it when the dudes yeah. send us a message. Yeah, we don't get as many messages from the guys. No. Well, it's exciting when we get a message from one of the guys because if you look at our statistics, like in Spotify, it will tell you the breakdown of male to female, non-binary, the age breakdown, um, like the 25 to 34 year old demographic. We're killing it with that. Nice, nice. The youngins like us. I know. Thanks, guys. Thanks for liking us old ladies. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's because my people 
are still listening on Apple Podcasts. That's oh. all they know on their iPhones. Shoot, that's me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're almost, you know. Yep, now I get it. Okay, yeah. the old people are listening yeah. on the, Apple Podcasts. The kids are listening on Spotify. <laughs> the ratio of, of female listeners much outweighs yes <laughs> everyone else uh so yeah so it's really cool when one of the guys uh, yeah. sends us a message so what was the question so the question was um it was it was kind of a long question but boils down to why do women get started in jujitsu and you know like what type of woman mm-hmm. and awesome was, women that's right um he was kind of asking like do most women do it because they're trying? Because he said there was a lot of mothers getting involved. Yeah. So are they doing it to protect their family? And also asking, do most of them have a background of assault and they're coming in to learn to defend themselves? Um, so it was kind of just, you know, trying to get the understanding of yeah. like why women do jujitsu. Let's start with why did you start doing jujitsu? You were like, hey, you should come do jujitsu. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm a pusher. Yeah, I mean, there's that. And it's very hard to tell you no. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But also, one of the things that I had encouraged, that I do encourage my clients to do that are starting podcasts is to get out of their comfort zones. And if I'm not doing something that's pushing me out of mine, then how can I ask them and have that same expectation of them? So that was like, oh, well, that seems very far out of my comfort zone, like rolling around on a mat with strangers. Yeah. But then I tried it and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, here we are four years later. Yeah, definitely. I think the podcast started in 2019. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're almost pushing five years. That's a right? long. That's a long time in jujitsu years. <laughs> that is. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> And, you know, for me, I got started basically because my boyfriend at the time did jiu-jitsu. Like mm-hmm. that's – and I, you know, there are lots of women that kind of start that way because their partner is doing it. Um, we do definitely have people that come in because they want to learn to defend themselves or because they want their daughter to learn how to defend herself. Do you think more moms are doing it because their kids are starting and then they're seeing what their kids are getting out of it? And then they're like, oh, maybe this is for me too. I think that is definitely a lot of it, um, particularly because of the pushers. Mm -hmm. Um, Take Abby, for example, right? (laughs) Like uh, we went up to Abby and I was basically like, hey, uh, we're we're recruiting moms. And she was like, okay, you want me to bring snacks? You know, I was like, no, 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 no. We're doing an intro on the other mat. We're going to teach you jujitsu. And she just got her blue belt. Yeah, she did. Congratulations. Congratulations, Abby. Uh, Shelby also got her blue belt. So we'll congratulate her. Congratulations, Shelby. (laughs) But, you know, her kids were doing it. Her husband was doing it. So yeah, kind of from the pusher standpoint, I'm always asking the moms, you want to come try it? You know, like, um, but I'm asking the dads too. I really, you know, like I actually just got a dad to start last Monday. I was like, your kid is in class right now. You're just sitting here. Go on the other mountain train. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? You're dressed for it. Let's go. I think too, though, a lot of women are just looking for community. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. maybe they don't recognize that that's why they want to get started, but they want to do something active. They want something that's theirs kind of thing. And they come in and they're like, oh, there's 
a really good community here. You're like, I can learn to defend myself. I can be active doing a healthy thing and really make friends at the yeah. same time. I actually have a friend that that very adamantly thinks you can't make friends after 30. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, you should do jujitsu because like you absolutely can. You yeah. Know? Can you imagine, like, think of all the friend, people you have as friends now that you wouldn't have had before if it weren't for jujitsu. I know. That would be sad. Yeah. I, yeah. There would be so much missing. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. As far as asking, do women come in because they have assault in their background and they want to learn to defend themselves? I think that's a hard thing to say yes to because if they're coming in because they were assaulted, jujitsu can be very hard, mm -hmm. right? Like if if it, yeah. if that's like the the order of progression, like I got assaulted, I want to do jujitsu and learn how to defend myself, which is super valid. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's really hard to get through. The positions we're in, all yeah. of that can be very difficult. With that said, I don't know the statistics, but I can tell you a fair amount of the women that do jujitsu have been assaulted. Mm -hmm. That may not be the reason they started jujitsu, but it is still in their past. Yeah. So I think being able to kind of protect them in various ways, you know, like if you start to notice you have them or, you know, you put them, they have guard, they're mm -hmm. on their back, you're, you know, on your knees and you're trying to do things and you notice they start to panic back away, you know, yeah. like ease up on them, whatever, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're on top of them and you're smashing them, your people, you know, sometimes, especially the new guys will like hold the hands down above the head or something like mm -hmm. that. If you start to notice the panic back away, like, um, because so many women that do jujitsu have had some sort of issue in the past, just try to be kind and aware. Under, aware yeah, yeah. Understanding, you know, that's, I know, easier said than done sometimes because you're just like in the moment and you're right. also like thinking about surviving and everything. Yeah. But if if you notice them getting triggered, just try to back off a little bit. All right. That's good advice. We would love to hear why you started jujitsu. Yes. And if that's the same reason you're doing it now. Like, did you start for something, but you stayed for something else? Oh, why did you stay? Um... So, you know, like part of me stayed still just because that's what we were doing. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I started jujitsu in 99. We opened a gym in 2000. Yeah. There was always going to be a bit of me staying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was my life was surrounded by it. But why I got obsessed with it was absolutely community. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, it was the empowerment. Yeah. You know, like I no longer cared what my body looked like as much because yeah. I knew what it could do. Same. It's just so empowering. Yeah. And, you know, I hear lots of people say stuff like, why would I be nervous about this thing when I got smashed in class earlier today? Right. Like, <laughs> so you just kind of have that mentality of like, if I can take that, yeah. I can take this in the outside world. Yeah. I'm going to go get a mammogram later. I feel like this was just a warm up. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> like they get smashed every day. Right, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, jujitsu. <laughs> the benefits you don't even realize. Exactly. It's what keeps me coming back. Absolutely. <laughs> and a podcast, because you can't really podcast about what you don't do. I mean, I guess you could, but what fun would that be? Exactly. It would just feel like a lie. Yeah. Uh, we Every conversation would just me, be me going, when are you coming back to jujitsu? Yeah. When are you going to do jujitsu again? <laughs> you coming in for class? <laughs> that would be every podcast. Yeah, it would be very short episodes. Yeah. <laughs> So for all of our friends that are listening in Spotify, or if maybe you've been listening in Apple, but you're like, well, all the cool kids are listening in Spotify, I'm going to, we can ask questions in Spotify. When you open up the episode, you'll see the question there. So I am going to put the question in, what did we say the question was? Why you started jujitsu and is that still the reason you're doing it? That is the question. So go to Spotify, answer the question, let us know. We want to hear from you. And you can hang out with us on Instagram at Beauty in the Gee Podcast, or you can find me there at Brassy Broad Jen. And I'm AJ Clearman everywhere you go, except TikTok, where I'm role model. <laughs> oh, uh, and if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you're subscribed because in the next episode, Ooh, drum roll. Emily Kwok. Yay! I'm so excited. So am I. And if you haven't registered for camp yet, Emily Kwok. Emily Kwok. We also just announced Rachel Casillas. Yeah. Yeah. So last year at camp, Rachel announced that it would be her last year. Mm -hmm. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, yes, we're obsessed with Rachel Casillas. She is my coach, but has been my friend for a very, very long time. And a few years back, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. Um, So, you know, she was really struggling a lot last summer and was basically like, this will be my last camp. This is too much for me. Um, We all cried. It was, you know, we knew it was coming, but it was still terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. But she did ask me to kind of hold her a spot. So if Mm -hmm. she felt good enough to do it. And so that's why we waited and waited and waited to announce the final instructor. And then I asked her, you know, like, how you feel you know like and she's been doing pretty good she's changed a lot of her medications and stuff like that so she's been doing pretty good and she was like yeah let's do it so um we announced her last week i made a really cool video oh it was incredible thank you iMovie yeah (laughs) yeah um and then i just kept getting so many messages of like could you have warned a girl i'm sitting in work ugly crying (laughs) (laughs) so brought a lot of tears to my i showed my mom the video she also cried you know like but we're so excited to have rachel back it just feels right it's our 10th one she's taught at all nine camps before yeah so we're very excited you don't want to miss it no and i love it because the very first camp that i ever went to Emily and Rachel both taught. That's true. Yeah. yeah. In 2019. Yeah. So. And that's when they met and they've become really good friends. So it's really, you know, we talk a lot about the community aspect mm-hmm. and how camp can, you know, you can meet friends that you'll have for life and hear these two women black belts came yeah. in and taught. And instead of like, you know, just doing their session and leaving or not, you know, being a part of the camp as a whole. Mm-hmm they made really good friends. So I love that, which is one of the reasons we wanted to bring Emily back because I was like, if there's any chance that Rachel comes back, I want to bring Emily to be with her. So, yay. Yeah. I love it. I love a good jujitsu story. Me too. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. This podcast is 
what is this <laughs> brought to you by? I like that you've done it a million times and you're like, what are we? It's a production of. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this used to be how we were at the intro. Now it's the outro. <laughs> Beauty and the Gee is a production of the Brassy Broadcasting Company. And brought to you by Role Model Grappling. Yay. <laughs>